If you were here last Sunday, support introduced parables, and he talked about the parable of the sower. And Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you don't understand, you won't understand any of the other parables. Paul mentioned that it's, you know, that parable was a story that Jesus told. Most likely, he was in the environment. So he would have been at that point near a farmer's field with seed going around. In my parable today, we're looking at the lost sheep. I'd imagine not far from Jesus at the point of telling the story would have been some sheep. So there's an object lesson right there in front of Jesus as he's communicating. But it's not just a story for that moment. It's not just a a parable. It isn't just a story for the people there listening, although it is. We are doing a series on parables. So I think hopefully you'll understand that the parables are for you as well, 2,018 years later. The, the, The parables have a bigger story. It's your story. But also, as Paul mentioned, it's part of a bigger story. Jesus is communicating something wider, almost about the, the whole of humanity, the, the journey that humans have been on from Adam and Eve through to the point where Jesus is then communicating, through to the point now. Jesus is making a big point, and I'll get onto that in just a moment. We'll begin by reading a verse, the first verse of Luke 15, um, and it says this. This just gives us a bit of context of why Jesus is about to tell a parable. Now, the tax collectors and sinners... The heathens, the, the lowest of the low, the, the, people, pe- the people people dislike and hated, were all gathering around to hear Jesus. And he didn't send them off. So Jesus is kind of liking these guys. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Don't know if he did it in that voice. <laughs> Or they did it in that voice. But it's, it's a mumbling. It's a sort of, who do they think they are being with Jesus? They're scum. I'm, you know, me. I'm a holy, I'm a Christian. I'm, you know, I'm me. They're them. They're making an assumption. They're making an observation. And they're making a judgment immediately of the people that Jesus is hanging around. Saying, why is Jesus hanging around those people? He shouldn't be hanging around those people. Those bad people. And we today, we can often make judgments about people. We can say, why is Jesus, or why, why are they here? Why are they here? Why are you here? Why are you, my friend? Why do you want to be in my life? Why are you in church? We make judgments about people in and outside of church. Now, Jesus responds to this with three parables. The first is um, a parable which I'm going to talk about today, the lost sheep. So that's how somebody can get, or a sheep can unintentionally, because sheep don't want to get lost, they wander off. They unintentionally get lost. The second story is about a lost coin, where a woman almost, maybe foolishly, but more so accidentally loses a coin of great value to her. Or then there's the other third story, the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son, where he almost intentionally loses himself. So there's an intentional losing, there's an accidental losing, but today we're looking at this almost unintentional wandering of a, you know, of a lost sheep. So let's read the parable next Sunday um, Sarah's going to look at the lost coin, and the following Sunday, it's the, the lost son. Luke 15, verse 4, Jesus says this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he does find it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I should have done a voice, shouldn't I? (laughs) I have found my lost sheep. 
I tell you that in the same way that we're more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Now, we love this story because it's, it's lovely, isn't it? Lost sheep, Jesus goes, and it's just brilliant. And it is. And, you know, it's the kind of one that, it's the kind of story that, I always, I always use this example, but it's the one that you want to put on your fridge. When you open and get your, your cereal for your milk, you want to just be reminded of Jesus' love. It's a, lot, it's a bit like that poem, Footprints in the Sand. I want just these lovely things just to make me feel lovely about how good G- and Jesus is. And it is that. And it is lovely. And it is amazing. But there's a bigger story. Jesus is challenging the Pharisees. There's some shepherds that have walked the earth and looked after God's people for centuries who have not been good shepherds. They have not let the people, they have not cared for the sheep. Pharisees, um, back in the Old Testament, the prophets were warning the leaders of the time, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're leading the people astray. I'm going to cover in a moment um, a passage in Ezekiel, one of the prophets. And he just completely slates the prophets, the leaders, the, the, the religious people of the day. So Jesus is making a big point in the face of the Pharisees. He's slapping them in the face. Um, and he's almost kind of giving the institution of, of religion a slap around the face and saying, listen up, there's more to it than that. So it's a lovely story, but we can all relate to it, can't we? Because I'm sure you've all been lost. I was thinking about stories. When have I been lost? There's those in the sort of the shopping mall when you were a kid. You probably all got one of those. When I was 16... Um, I think I, yeah, I was in our, it was an RE lesson. So we were, we were going on a field trip. So this class, we're going in a coach to Sutton Coldfield, which is nearby where I live. It's been in the news recently for other reasons. But anyway, Sutton Coldfield, it's a lovely place, but I got lost in it. Now, the reason I didn't go with the rest of the class on the coach is because I think I had a trumpet exam or something in the morning. So I had to miss the first session. So my parents, mum's here, put me on a train. I don't know if you know this, mum. You probably do. Put me on a train. Now, I was used to going on trains, so that's not the big deal. Sutton Coldfield was a new place for me to go. We were going to look for a big, big church there. So we got on the train, and my dad was brilliant. This is before Google Maps. You know, you'd get the AA route planner off the website, so the internet was around. So you'd print that off. But my dad was the best at getting a blank A4 sheet of paper and drawing a hand-drawn map of where you need to go. So my dad did this for me as a responsible parent. Now, Steph will tell you this. My sense of direction is appalling. So this little map was only like a few lines because literally the church was like a left and a right from the station. Somehow I got lost, a 16-year-old boy, 17-year-old, just walking around a place I've never been. An hour later, (laughs) I eventually found the location, missed most of the field trip, and just, you know, I had daggers from the teacher, and I just felt completely ashamed, just wandering around, because this is before you had, you know, uh, smartphones, so all I had on my phone was like snake, which doesn't really help you, so like, you know, it doesn't really help you go, that's all I had on my phone, it's not like Google Maps nowadays, so I was stuck, but fortunately, by God's grace, I got found, Um, only, only, I think it was yesterday or or Friday, Steph and I were driving down south, and I'm terrible with sat-navs, as a driver, there's three roles as a driver, there's the actual driving, there's the navigation, as the, and you are the chief entertainer of the car. You are responsible for the radio. So as a guy, they say men can't multitask. I can do two things at once, but I can't do three. So I can drive safely. I stay within the lines. I don't hit other cars. Driving-wise, I'm safe. If I get into something on the radio, and on this particular occasion, I was listen, listening to a podcast. Um, it's called the Peter Crouch Podcast, if you're interested. It's about football. It's really, really, really good. I got engrossed in it. Steph was just chilling out, maybe a little bit nodding, maybe nodding off, maybe just relaxing. 
Satnav is on the side. I'm not listening to Satnav. I'm not even looking at it. I'm not looking to Google Maps. I'm flying past junction after junction after. I don't care. <laughs> I easily get lost. Before I found Jesus, I was lost. I was insecure. I lacked confidence. I didn't know who I was. And I became a Christian sort of around about the age of 13, awkward teenage years, 14-year-old, just trying to work out who I am. And then I find Jesus, and thankfully I was found. <laughs> you might have a similar story yourself. But what does the Bible say about being lost? Because the Bible talks about, you know, we can, we can be lost in, in multiple different ways. Just look at the, the world that we live in. Just look at Brexit. Just, just say that word. Are we wandering <laughs> in a wilderness somewhere? Are we lost as a nation? I don't know. I mean, we can thank God that we're not part of America because, you know, you could say a few things about that just in terms of politically. And then you could go on into political. I'm not going to go too political, but, you know, we, as a nation, as a country, as a world, are we lost? Do we know where we're going? Um, what about, you know, just the fear? A lot in the news about knife crime, London, almost every day. In America, gun crime, almost, you know, every week. Something happens. Is this world that we live in lost? Are we lost? Perhaps we are. You know, loneliness. We have more Facebook friends, but we don't necessarily have many friend friends. It's, it's, a, it's an epidemic in, in the world that we live in. It's, people are lost. Mental health. We all suffer with various degrees of mental discomfort or, or mental problems. It, you know, we all, no one's immune to mental health problems. We all have, just like we have physical health problems, we all have mental health problems. So it's, you know, it's again, it's another topical thing, but we're all wondering. We all kind of, many of us just get lost. Just look at the world. Just go outside and see what the world is like. The world is lost. So what does the Bible say? Well, Adam and Eve, they were banished from the Garden of Eden. They were lost. Um, the Israelites wandered in the, in the wilderness for 40 years. Not only after that, a long time after that, as we've talked about this year, about Arise and Build and Nehemiah, the people of God, the Israelites were wandering and were in exile for many, many years. We are, it's, we're used to being lost as a human race. We, do you get that? Do you, do you all feel that? It's not just me. I, you know, I got lost in Sutton Coldfield once, but have you been lost before? You understand that feeling of, where do I go? What do I do? Who am I? You get that. So you understand a little bit where Jesus is going with this parable. And in Isaiah 53, verse 6, it says, We all, our sheep, like sheep, have gone astray. And each of us has turned to our own way. So my title today is The Lost Sheep, but I've, I've got a, almost a tagline, if you're making notes. Because we love this story, don't we? And we, we think most often about people who aren't Christian, and Jesus goes and finds the lost. And that's true. But actually, I would say, I'd stake a claim to say that we're all lost. We're all sheep. So this is the subtitle. We are all sheep and in need of a shepherd. So the, the rest of my message, I'm going to cover sort of three reasons why we are like sheep. And then secondly, what does the shepherd do for us? And I'm going to use two scriptures. One from the Old Testament, Ezekiel 34, and the other from the New Testament, John 10, which you'll be familiar with, many of you, because it's sort of some big claims in John 10. So what do sheep do? Three things that sheep do. Firstly, sheep wander off easily. A little bit like you and me. We, we, we wander astray. Sheep just look for grass, nose down, grass, just grass. And they very easily get lost. There wouldn't be a story about lost sheep if sheep didn't get lost. Let's read Ezekiel 34, verse 5. 
So they were scattered. This is God in the Old Testament talking about the people of God. Us, you, me, humanity. They were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. My sheep wandered over all the mountains and on every high hill. They were scattered over the whole earth. And no one searched or looked for them. I'd like to think that if I was lost, somebody would look for me. But back in the Old Testament, the, the prophets were saying, the shepherds, the leaders of the people, the, the religious people of the day were not looking after the lost people. They were letting people just fall into death and go out. Go, they were just completely wandering elsewhere. I mean, it's similar to myself. I'm a Christian. I believe in God. But sometimes I can't control my thoughts. Thoughts just come into my head. I'm like, where did that come from? And I have to, as it says in the Bible, take captive. I, many of my thought, thoughts just wander off. I, you know, you could be in a worship setting like this, this morning, and you're like, ooh, ooh. You, you, your mind wanders so easily. We're thinking about Jesus, but you're thinking about um, chips and beans that you're having for lunch or whatever it is that you're doing. It's so easy to wonder. It's so easy. Sheep wonder, we wonder. It's, it's just a, a trait that we share with our best friends, the sheep. Now, this is a sad story. I'm going to show you um, a, a clip. It's on here. This is an, an actual BBC News article. It's a bit sad. It says, Turkish, Turkish sheep die in mass jump. Now, I don't know if you know of this story. I think it was 2006, so a fair few years ago. Now, sheep follow one another. There's, there tends to be some leadership in a leadership setting within a sheep's flock. Leader sheep. Get, 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 so some sheep lead. <laughs> some sheep lead. And others follow. Now in this particular occasion, this Turkish sheep was a very much a leader. And decided, we don't know why, but to jump off the edge of a cliff into a ravine and died. Now that flock of 1,500 sheep then followed one after the other, after the other, jumping down. Now this is a sad story because 400 of those sheep died. Now, I'm thinking, well, what happened to the other um, 1,100? This is a bit, a bit morbid, but the 400 cushioned the blow. So 1,100 sheep survived because of 400 sheep laid down their lives for the rest of the flock. It sounds a bit like the Bible. <laughs> but sheep's wonder. We are led astray. Our thoughts can lead us astray. Our peers, um, peer pressure, um, public opinion, culture can lead us into wrong places, into places of death. We can be led astray very, very easily. Even in church, you can have people saying things in the shadows or saying things about behind one another's back. We can, we can wonder, can't we? We're we, we just like sheep. We wonder. We, we can fall off the edge of a cliff if we're not careful because we're just focused on the sheep in front of us. And if that sheep in front of us is going the wrong direction, we could fall to the wrong place. So we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. Thankfully, we have one. So what do shepherds do? To counteract that, fortunately, shepherds lead. In John 10, verse 3, it says, The gatekeeper comes, open, sorry, opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. We have a good shepherd who talks to us, so we've got to tune in and know his voice. We have a good shepherd who walks in front of us, so we've got to fix our eyes on our good shepherd and, and, and follow him. He's walking in front of you. 
Have you, have you not opened your eyes and seen that there's a good shepherd in front of you showing you where to go, what to do, help you with your decisions, help with your struggles, your problems? There is a good shepherd who is saying, come on, he knows you by name. Come on, Ben, this is the way we go. And don't go off the edge of the cliff. It's a bit dangerous over here, but I'm going to look after you. Have you got a good shepherd? You, I know you wonder, Ben. I know, I know when you read your Bible, you kind of start thinking about what's on TV. You, 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 you wonder, you can't fix. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me, Ben. Ben. I know you by name, Ben, Benjamin. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. He knows you by name. I mean, I would struggle to remember the names of 1,500 sheep in my flock, let alone 78 billion people that have lived on earth. I, I don't know, actually, if that's not an, an accredited figure. But anyway, <laughs> he walks ahead of us. So, so what do we do with that? Maybe we need to spend a bit more time in solitude listening. It's so easy to talk to God and list off our problems, our prayer lists, our shopping list of God, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. But do we ever just turn everything off? Phone, lock it away in a safe, blow the safe up and, and just not have the phone with you. <laughs> Whatever you need to do. Turn the lights off if necessary. Paint the walls white. Board up the windows. Whatever you need to be in solitude. If there's one thing that we can do as a Christian. We all talk about what the things you need to do as a Christian. Do this. Read the Bible. Do this. Pray. Do this. Go to church. What about what you don't do? What are you going to take out of your life? I'm going to take out the noise. I'm going to take out the distractions. I'm going to tune my ear in to the voice of the shepherd. Learn to hear his voice and follow his lead. And maybe for some of us, we need to stop following Others who are leading us down the wrong path. We need to stop following something that's taken us in the wrong direction. And we need to recalibrate and follow Jesus who's straight ahead of us. So that's the first thing. The second thing about sheep is they're defenseless. You would never choose a sheep in a, as, a, as an avatar or, or a, um, a character in a computer game like Mortal Kombat. The sheep have no defense. They have no fighting ability. There are no claws, no teeth. They have no like poison that's, you know, darts that shoot out. They don't have an odor that stinks. They don't have any defense. They've just got fluffy wool. You know, <laughs> sheeps can't defend themselves. Sheeps, are, sheeps, <laughs> sheep. <laughs> I might slip into the odd sheep and sheeps, but forgive me. But sheep can't defend themselves. They are defenseless. They're on their own. They, they haven't got like fists, you know, they haven't even got, just their legs are too short to throw a punch or to kick anyone. They've not got a big tail where they can whip someone in the face. They've got no defense. They've not even got bad breath. They just can't defend themselves. So Ezekiel 34 verse 8 says, As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd. This is where Jesus is coming in. Before Jesus was even born, this is what they were saying. This is what Ezekiel wrote about Jesus. Because my flock lacks a shepherd, and so has been plundered, and has become food for the wild animals, it then goes on to say, I'm going to be the shepherd for them. John 10 verse 12 says, A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. So will sheep. Have you ever tried to catch a sheep? That's another story. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him. And he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. We are all, just like sheep, vulnerable to attack. It could be attack from the devil himself. Or more than likely, it's going to be attack from the mind. 
It's something that you've thought that then takes root and tears and rips you down. Something that you cannot shake off in your head. A secret sin. Something that you cannot stop doing. You're, it's controlling you. Is an enemy that you're defenseless against. In fact, our eternity, the fact or the choice between heaven and hell, where I go when I die, is out of my control. I am defenseless against hell. I need somebody to fight for me. I need someone to defend, for, fight for my salvation. Thank God for Jesus. Because we're defenseless. We're vulnerable to harm, injury. You know what? We're, we're, there's so many things in this world to fear. I fear, going, going back to BBC, I'm, I'm doing another BBC article in just in five minutes, but have anyone got the BBC News app on their phone? And when you get a notification that says, breaking news, I'm thinking terrorism, I'm thinking gunshots, I'm thinking end of the world stuff. Sometimes it is. You get a notification on your phone, hopefully you know what I'm talking about. And it sometimes comes with a, the ringtone from BBC and the music, anyway. There's so much happening, almost twice or three times a day, I get a notification on my phone, breaking news, something's happened in the world. Be scared, Ben. Be scared. Be very, very afraid. Stuff is happening all over the world that we don't even know about. There's a lot in the world to fear. How, as a sheep, a little old sheep with no defense mechanism, mechanism am I to survive in this world against terrorism, against knife crime, against gun crime, against drugs, against alcohol, against abuse? Poverty, how can we defend against these things? Thankfully, we have a shepherd who protects us. John 10, verse 9 says, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. So you're in good hands. If you know the good shepherd, you're in good hands. No matter what this world can throw at you, you are protected by him. No weapon formed against you will prosper because you're protected by the good shepherd. He will sleep in front of your, the sheep pen. He will sleep in front of your front door and make sure nobody comes in and gets you. He is that bothered about you. He is that just immense. <laughs> you know, with a shepherd, our fears don't go away. But our shepherd Helps us overcome those fears. He helps us defend ourselves from physical harm, emotional harm. Think about spiritual harm, psychological harm that you might have suffered. Mental health, emotional trauma that you might have been through. And Jesus doesn't necessarily stop those things from happening. But when he's there in front of you, talking, saying your name, being with you, you know that he will help you overcome whatever comes against you. You might be defenseless as a poor little old sheep. But with him, you're, you're indestructible. With him, you are nobody. The devil cannot get you. So the third and final thing about sheep that is a similarity between them and us. So we're not too dissimilar to sheep. They might look a bit different. But we're pretty much the same. We're pretty much, you know, if we were to be anything else, we'd probably be a sheep. <laughs> the third thing is sheep are dependent. So we've had sheeps wander off, therefore we have a shepherd who leads us. So Jesus has got it covered. You wander off, he's got it covered. He leads you. We're defenseless little old sheep, but guess what? He's our protector. He will stand in the way of anything. He will kick down walls for you. 
He will scale walls. He will do the impossible for you so that you're protected. Third thing about sheep and about us is sheep are dependent. They're not independent. They are dependent. Isn't it interesting? We're talking about this, Barney and I and Jess. We're talking about this, about uh, maybe some farmers could help us. But was there ever a time where sheep weren't sheared? So, because my understanding of sheep is they need to be sheared, as in, you know, the wool come off. So the point I'm trying to make here is this, that sheep cannot live without humans because sheep can't shear themselves. Sheep actually can't really feed themselves. They need help finding the food. They need help finding the water. We've already talked about they need help protecting themselves. In fact, I heard about sheep, a little bit of sheep research, that parasites can get into their skin. So the shepherds need to massage, anoint their head in oil. If you've read Psalm 23, it talks about anointing. Really interesting because sheep need their head anointed to be, you know, almost to work out, look after their personal hygiene to ensure that they don't die from infection. So they can't do that themselves. So was there ever, ever a time that sheep could survive the world without humans? I don't know. But <laughs> the point I'm trying to make here is your pet cat, your pet dog, if push came to shove, could survive out there in the wild. Maybe your pet rib, rabbit, your hamster, maybe your mouse. You know, these little animals, as small as they are, can live and forage, and they can, they can just live on their own. But put a sheep in the middle of nowhere with no human help. That poor little sheep couldn't survive. That's what I understand about sheep. Let me illustrate it with a point about a, ship co- a sheep called Chris. Again, BBC News, 2015 in Australia. There was a sheep that wandered off. You may have heard it again in the news if you kind of study the, the, the archives of BBC News like I do. <laughs> there was a sheep that was wandering for most of its life and had never been sheared, shorn, sheared. So it was, it was, here's a picture of it. Six years of wool. Poor little Chris the sheep, wondering, escaping human, um, you know, abuse. Oh, I don't want to go buy a razor. If you don't like having your hair cut, imagine how poor sheep feel. Every year they have to have their wool cut off and they get cold. So this guy for five years thought, you know what, I'm going to run and escape the shepherds and I'm going to hide. And it's told you, it's Australia, there's some kangaroos. He's a big boy. He's a big sheep. <laughs> and I think there's one, there's one more picture. Yeah, so they eventually catch this little guy, big guy, and take off his wool. 40 pounds of fleece. The world record. World record sheep. 40, kilo, 40 kilograms, sorry. 88 pounds is the conversion rate. So there we go. For six years, this guy escaped being shorn or sheared, whatever the correct English is. Now, if you think about a sheep, they lie on the grass. The dew falls on the grass. The rain falls on the grass. Their fleece gets soaked. And at a fleece that size, how is he going to get up? to fight off the wolf that comes and attacks him on his own? How's he going to go and move to the next place where there's food? This guy, okay, may have survived for five years without human contact, but he wouldn't have lasted much longer without human contact. How long can you last without human contact? We, like sheep, need humans in our life. We cannot function without other humans in our life. You can't survive on your own. We try, I know I try. Take on the world, close the door, batten down the hatches, nobody's coming into me. My heart is secure. No one, no one's gonna know the real Ben. 
I'm never going to release and to tell anybody what I'm really like inside. Let's just lock away the safe of my life and throw away the key. You can't survive on your own. We need people. Maybe the application for you, if there's one, maybe in a certain situation that you've been clinging on to, maybe you need to let go and let God. You just need to say, okay, it's out of my control. I'm going to let God. I'm going to let God do what he can do because he is my defender. He is, he cares for me. You have a shepherd who cares for you. The shepherd in the Old Testament didn't care for the people of God. This shepherd, the good shepherd, cares for you no matter what. He will give you all that you need, even to quote Psalm 23, which is about a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Even, after, even if you have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will give you all that you need. Even if you have to go to the edge of a cliff and risk possible death, he will give you everything that you need. You might not be able to survive without other humans. You might be able to survive for a certain period of time, maybe five years like Chris the sheep. But there'll come a time when you need humans in your life. But one thing for sure is you cannot survive without God. We, we are defenseless. We are utterly dependent on God. And if we suddenly start thinking that I can do this, it's my strength now that I can do this. I can be a Christian. I can function in my work. I can be a good dad. I can be a good father. I can be a good mother. I can be a good friend. I don't need God. I'm, I've got this nailed. I've rehearsed it. If we get like that, we've missed the point. We are sheep and we need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. So this story is great because we can call people who aren't Christians and say, come in. And we're going to do that in just a second. Because Jesus is going to leave the 99 and go and get you. There's nothing that's going to stop somebody who isn't a Christian coming to God. Because Jesus is chasing after them. But what about if you're already a Christian? What about if you've heard this parable over and over again and you want to switch off? But no, we are all sheep. We all need a shepherd. So now we get to the bit in the story which we all love. We sing about it. We just love this, don't we? Let's read it again in Luke 15, verse 4. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, <laughs> he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will, be, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. There's rejoicing. And rightly so, we think about this passage. We think about people come to mind, and maybe they're coming to mind in your heart. Maybe you're one of these people. Maybe you're lost. Maybe I talked about hell earlier. And maybe you're not sure where you will end up when you die. You're not sure. If you went off the edge of that cliff, would you land on the soft sheep or would you hit a rock? Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Maybe some of us are just struggling with that. Maybe there's some of us in the room and we just, you know, we once were Christian. We made a decision. And you're like, I am a Christian. I am a child of God. But we wondered again. Something distracted us. Ooh, grass over here. cliff over here. Ooh, there's a leader sheep, leader sheep, leader sheep, follow the leader sheep, follow the leader sheep. Cool, 
pressure. Peer pressure. Somebody telling me to do something that I know is not right, but I'm going to follow it. But I know Jesus, but I'm going to still follow it. I'm going to go in that direction. Maybe many of us, more, more of us than we think are lost. Maybe we're all lost. I know I am. But in case I gave you three applications, you know, you, we, we, we need a... I've forgotten them. <laughs> we need a leader. We need to know Jesus' voice. We need somebody who takes care of us, looks after us, protects us, defends us. So maybe there's some, you know, if you didn't believe today before you got here this morning that you didn't believe that you were like a sheep, maybe that's just convinced you a little bit more. But we're all sheep because we might be the lost sheep or we might be one of the 99. This room could represent the 99 sheep. We're all sheep. How do you feel when your leader, your shepherd, your Jesus, how would you feel when he leaves you and goes in search of one? Do we rejoice? Do we celebrate? Are we behind when Jesus goes, the good shepherd, to, to find that lost sheep? Are we grabbing in? 99 of us, come on, guys, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's believe for that lost one. Let's call them home. Come on, 99, come on. Call him home. Call him home. Oh, are we like, oh, where's Jesus in my life? I like Jesus close, but he's gone off. He's left me. Well, who are all these non-Christians coming into my, into my church, sitting on my seat? Why are we doing community stuff? When, why aren't we looking after me? Why, are we, why do we reach out to the community? Why do we spend money and invest in our community in the lost? What about me? We're, not, we're, we're one of the 99. You've been found. Thank you, Jesus, I've been found. You're now in the 99. What's your opinion of the lost? Do you want other sheep to be found? That sounds like such an obvious question. Of course we do. But really, if it inconveniences me, if it means I haven't got a parking space on the car park, if it means that my seat is taken by somebody else, if it means that I can't get a coffee when I want to get a coffee but before the service because the queue's bigger, is it, it inconveniences me. I'm in the 99, I'm in the club. Maybe we need to celebrate. I'm going to invite the band to come up. We're going to sing. Maybe this is a good time to celebrate. We'll practice with a song. The song is about coming back home. The song is about finding Jesus. The, the, the parable is about finding Jesus. But what we have to remember is Jesus finds us. And if we're in the 99, if we're back at base camp, wondering, oh, I'm missing out on all the good stuff because Jesus is over looking after that one last sheep. I wish I was with Jesus. Maybe as a church, we should be huddling together and say, come on, guys, let's pray. Sheep, gather in. Whatever the, whatever the sort of Power Ranger Unite call for sheep is, bring the sheep together. Let's pray. Let's pray for the last. And I think we do. We meet together on Tuesday. We're meeting 6.30 till 7.30 in the cafe to pray. Let's pray. Let's rejoice. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate when somebody comes to faith. Maybe today somebody could come to faith. And we're going to sing a song. And then I'm going to jump up in the middle of that song. Maybe invite one or two people to actually say, you know what? I'm lost. I'm going to let Jesus find me. I'm going to let Jesus pursue me.